Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by coronatools.com, the nation's leader in garden and landscaping tools. Listeners of The Organic View can receive 20% off their coronatools.com purchase by using the coupon code ORGVIEW. That's O-R-G-V-I-E-W. For more promotional offers, please visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. And don't forget to check out our contest section. In regards to last week's big victory for bees, Steve Ellis and Tom Theobald are joining me right now to talk about some of our thoughts in regards to this decision. So first, I'd like to welcome Tom Theobald. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon, June, and good afternoon, Steve. Yes, Hi, Tom. I... Good to talk to everyone again. Hello, Steve Ellis. How are you, my friend? June, I'm doing good. I appreciate everything you've been doing. You and Tom, you're the best. Uh, well, we appreciate everything that you've been doing, and I can't stress enough that the concerns I have with EPA are shared by so many people, but not enough people are speaking up about this. While the three of us talk to so many other people consistently about what's going on with EPA, the public really needs to start kicking it up a notch, so to speak. EPA, bottom line, is nothing more than a marketing arm for industry, and when we look around us, and we see the declines, we see the environmental catastrophe all around us. We have to get to the point where EPA either does something or it needs to be replaced by an agency that will actually do something. I know that both of you feel the same. There's no question that we're frustrated. And Tom and I both have worked with a lot of people at EPA. And first, I think it's really important to state up front that there are some ex- exceptionally good people working, and a lot of them put life careers into that agency to do the right thing. And I think it's important, what before we start slamming on them, to get that up front, that there's a lot of people in there that want to do the right thing, are very frustrated, have, have worked very hard to see the right thing happen, and... Um, and I think it's important to, to separate the people from uh, the, the corrupted actual org- organization itself. Steve, I completely agree with you, and my comments are really directed at management, not at the lower-level people. There are a lot of great people that do work for EPA, but the bottom line is the people who make the key decisions are not on board with the rest of the crew. This is a failure of management, not a failure of the working-level people, and The real concern is that no governing body at any level has taken any initiative to correct this problem. In fact, they feed on it. And that is up to and including Congress. They have done nothing. This has gone on for 20 years that we've been involved in it, and they have done nothing. These are outrageous violations of the law. You know, the recent court decision I think the most powerful word in that decision was systematically. 
The court found that the EPA was systematically violating federal law in the, in the registration of 59 different neonicotinoid products. That systematically means that this was a conscious and ongoing effort to subvert the law, and that should be accounted for. We don't need to go to the negotiating table with these people once again. They need to be behind bars. This is a criminal enterprise. He said to absolute silence. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you say this before, Doc. I know you have. It is, it is, it is not inaccurate. They're killing us, and they're killing a wide swath of the environment, and they're getting away with it. And the court, as as favorable as parts of this decision may be, the court is very timid, and I would encourage readers to take a look at the actual court decision to find out what has been dropped along the way and what is left at the end. We have raised some various serious charges and documented them clearly about the imminent dangers of these chemicals, this family of chemicals, and the EPA simply has ignored that. That's the reason for the suit, and they've dragged this out for four years. They're likely to drag it out for another four years. Oh, at least one more, Tom, because that's when the patents go off of clothianidin and thymethoxin. See, clothianidin was illegally registered to begin with, not because it was some magic answer to some outbreak of pest population. It was rushed to the market because the Bayer's uh, patent was about to run out on imidacloprid. And it's been put on hundreds of millions of acres illegally, yet to be addressed by any court. I can't help but recall the interview that we did with Steve back in 2013. Now that's four years ago. And roughly, what, 2,300 hives died because of uh, exposure due to corn planting, if I can recall? Well, the, the, that many were exposed, and, and of that, probably 65-70% wound up uh, initiating into a spiral that did did result in them dying. Yes, um, it didn't it didn't kill them all immediately. This 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 chemical is very insidious the way it works in the beehive. It doesn't just it would be like if they if you walked in and they were like all dead and you could see them all and 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 deal with it, you'd go like, well, at least you know I know where it happened, I know where they went. But here it just slowly eats away at them. It takes out their immune system. It, it screws up the fertility of the queen. It, it messes with a lot of bees that fly off and can't find their way back. It just has all these insidious little effects on on organisms. And so it's not the the dramatic like uh, um, how do, how can I say it? it's not instant the dramatic death? like um, yeah. chemical poisoning, instant death. You know, yeah, it's not acute, like that. Acute kills. Yeah, the acute kills are very. Yeah. You said sixty. Are the exception. What was the percentage that you just stated? Uh, somewhere between 60 and 70% wound up uh, it, it spiraling down to nothing, yeah. Now, fellas, if this were any other industry where that percentage was configured into the equation for any any business and that much of a loss was sustained, 
there would be lawsuits up the wazoo, but because it's beekeepers, it's okay. That's preposterous. Oh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, June, there are, there are lawsuits in progress. Uh, there are beekeepers that are suing the chemical industry. Uh, it, large, a large class action in Ontario, and there's a forming, uh, action of a number, a number of large beekeepers in the United States as well. Do you think anything is going to come of it, Steve? Well, you know, these, these chemical industries um, have really good um, insurance carriers <laughs> and hold harmless claims, and, and they've got great legal staff. Uh, so I'm not under the illusion that, it, that it's uh, easy or uh, any kind of a slam dunk. But um, will something happen? I, be, I believe it will because the, the evidence is overwhelming. Another quote that I took from Tom, I don't know how many years ago this was, but he said, the EPA's middle name is protection. Just who is it that they are protecting? Once again, this is the question that keeps going through our minds over and over with each and every single lawsuit. Well, I think clothianidin is the best example we have and the most widely used never legally registered, and if that isn't bad enough, the EPA has chosen to disregard 90% of the actual use, which is seed treatment. They have determined that that is not a pesticide use. Now, it just astounds me that nobody in any level of authority seems to grasp the enormity of this violation of the law. The beekeepers sued on that, and it was dismissed by the court. The EPA excludes 90% of the clothianidin used from any kind of monitoring or regulation, and it's used on hundreds of millions of acres every year. It's a loophole big enough to put every pollinator in the country into, you know, and uh, there's just no question about it that it was um, a loophole created for one purpose, to, you know, to make it, to make to to sidestep regulations that are in, are in place, and it's really unfortunate. Well, this is a part of the systematic avoidance of the law. We have a lawless organization of regulators, and nobody is addressing that lawlessness. Well, we are, Tom. Well, we are, but and we're pretty powerful. You know, there's there's organizations that have chipped away at things. Um, Earth Justice certainly filed a, an incredible uh, uh, lawsuit with Sofoxiflor, and, um, and, they've, and they've joined in other actions. Um, Center for Food Safety. I would not say, Tom, that nobody is, is carrying, the, is carrying the, uh, um, the charge here. There are some very hardworking people that are uh, uh, strongly engaged in trying to correct this wrong. Uh, no, I don't I think I don't, I don't think Tom meant it like that. If I may speak for him, even though he's here, I think it's more or less that the people have to speak up. Center for Food Safety is doing some amazing things. So are so many other of these nonprofit organizations. They're doing amazing work and they're working diligently to bring about these successes. However, it needs to be something that is addressed at the citizen level. People have to start speaking up. Well, I, June, if I could comment on that, um, 
I would like to. I I, I believe, uh, you know, I, I was speaking to a, a farmer about this the other day, and he's a farmer that does his own seed treatments. And uh, but we we talk candidly. We're kind of friends, and and he does his own seed treatment at his own farm. Um, he, he's large enough that he has his own machinery to do that. Um, and but he's but he's concerned about bees, and he uh, actually is is trying to even come up with inventions that will be somewhat helpful. Uh, people, you know, it, it, but his comment to me, here is this guy who is a Vietnam War veteran who who did sustain injuries related to Agent Orange by being directly oversprayed, has close friends that have succumbed to Agent Orange syndrome. He gets chemicals backwards and forwards, okay? And yet he's still using them. But he said to me, and and this is like a very conservative guy, you know, but he said to me, you know, really, no change comes from the top down. Any real change has to come from the bottom up. And so the education work that you guys are doing, that a lot of us are trying to do, and getting the word to farmers and explaining things clearly uh, that there are better decisions that can be made and that they need to be part of a solution and explaining it to them um, is, 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 where the, is where the real answer to this lies. We want to see the Supreme Court ruling saying it's all gone. Or like in Europe, it's all gone off of this crop, you know, and, and the, the edict comes down from above. Well, you know, the edict doesn't come down from above. We got to educate the people. We got to get the we got to get the, the the fire in people's belly to to make the change, and then it'll just happen because people will demand it when they understand just how bad things have become. And so I've kind of taken more of the tack that you know I stop and I and I. I talked with farmers for a half hour. I talked with a farmer for a half hour this morning. And he, his first thing was, okay, so, like, what's the deal? They put this stuff in the ground, and they're talking about banning some of these things now, but how can that hurt bees? We're just putting it in the ground. So I took a half hour, explained it to him, and he goes, oh, okay, I get it. I understand what you're saying, Steve, but it, it's like with honey. Tom so generously sent me an early birthday present this past week, he sent me some of his honey, some candles, and some organic walnuts that he got when he took his trip with Miles. And let me tell you something. I was completely out of Tom's honey. And I'm not saying this because Tom's my friend. I'm not saying this because Tom is a well-respected beekeeper. But there's nothing in the world like the honey that Tom sends to me. And I've tried honey from many different places. Recently, somebody gave me a big jar of clover honey that was supposed to be from the USA, but it's the difference between having log cabin syrup or something like that and real maple syrup. There's just no comparison. And the honey that Tom produces is so precious to me. But unfortunately, not everybody is going to have the luxury of consuming the type of honey that Tom produces. And that is the sad reality. So it's kind of hard to get people to understand from that perspective just how precious these things are. All we can do is continue to educate them about the impact of these chemicals on the crops as well as in the environment. I mean, more and more people are starting to talk about the impact of these chemicals on amphibians and beings that live in the water. 
you know, the benthic invertebrates and so on and so forth. So You mean you mean like mermaids? <laughs> no, in aquatic invertebrates, Don. Mermaids oh, okay. are vertebrates. Sorry, come on, come on. <laughs> yeah. The bottom line is, is that it's it's gotten to the point where, yeah, more people are starting to talk about it, but we really need more action at this point, and that's my that's really what I'm trying to say. We're way past that point. I started with a smaller base than Steve and some of my commercial friends. But I lost every one of my remaining colonies last winter. My honey business is kaput. I'm, I've gone over the falls, and my friends are just a little bit upriver behind me. We're long past the point where we need to do something. Even if we eliminated these neonicotinoids tomorrow, it would take decades for the environment to purge itself of this poisoning. This is the... This is a criminal. I don't know. Dis, I don't know how to describe it badly enough. This is just a criminal enterprise, and everybody is suffering. And if the bee, if the people who are listening don't care much about the bees, if they think that we'll get by without the bees, they should consider their health, and the health of their children, and the health of their grandchildren, because we're beginning to see the health consequences of these now. And just like tobacco. We were assured that it was safe. Well, it's not safe. And we need to do something now. Not next year, not five years from now, not ten years from now. We need to start doing some things now. I know one of the topics that comes up between me and Tom all the time is the fact that so many people have different symptoms that are related to allergies. Only it's not seasonal. It's every day. It's year-round. So many people are constantly clearing their throats. So many people are constantly having issues where they're having a hard time breathing. And if you think about how these chemicals are mobile in groundwater and absorbed by the plant's vascular system, it's kind of frightening to think, okay, is, is this the, the actual consequence of using these products? The health impact studies to that detailed effect have yet to be done. So, as Tom said, more people need to start speaking up. More people need to start thinking about what they're putting in the ground. And also, if they're purchasing food that's a little bit cheaper because it's imported, you know, what they're doing to the American farmers. We need to start supporting our local farmers. We need to start supporting especially our local American beekeepers. Well, I think people need to kind of like take a long, hard look at at what is going on in in agriculture today, and 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 understand it. Um, you know, I think um, clearly everybody has a role in agricultural policy. Everybody eats food, and everybody can have an impact on agricultural policy. Uh, when we had um, when we had the huge uh, uh, conservation disasters associated with the with the dust bowl and the and the and the and the and the crazy farming techniques that were being used to just pulverize soil and send it off, you know, into the atmosphere. Um, it became it became uh, imperative that we uh, address a, a deficiency in the farm policy collectively, and we did. 
we used started instituting more conservation measures and and uh, and protection of soil health, and people became aware. And you know, we we need something like that to occur again, uh, an awakening that there is a problem collectively with our food production system um, that we need to take a long hard look at and uh, and and come up with things that are working better for. Uh, water systems, for pollinator systems, for uh, human health, for a whole range of things, uh, for wildlife. Um, you know, um, there it needs to be out on the table, and it needs to get worked over. Well, Tom, Steve, we are out of time, and I just want to say thank you so much for joining me in this special edition of the Neonicotinoid View. Today's topic has been something that's been on my mind since the decision while it is a huge victory for the folks at the Center for Food Safety and all the parties involved, and I know how hard they work, we still have such a long way to go. We do have a long way to go, and whether it's a victory or not will be determined by what the outcome is. If the EPA and its chemical collaborators choose to to stretch this out for another four years, as they have already, then very little has been accomplished. Well, Tom, to be continued, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, June, and thank the listeners for tuning in every week to pay attention to what's going on. Thank you for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon.